Hi, I'm Julie Mackin and this is The 5-Minute Advocate. I was really going to promise not to bang on about the death of the Queen or how people feel about her or what it means to Australia. I was certainly not going to talk about the appalling saturation coverage by the ABC with the most puerile commentary. Seriously, I doubt there's a person alive in the UK who's not been asked how they felt about the Queen. Uh, I was also not going to talk about how it is the most vapid two-dimensional reporting that has allowed almost no space at all for people to talk about the complex situation of feeling very sad for an old woman who has died and a family that's heartbroken by their loss, but also the brutality of the British Empire that's embodied within the monarchy. I was really going to promise not to do any of that, but in the end I couldn't. As someone whose family came from Ireland, whose great-great-grandmother fled Ireland in fear of the British troops, I was brought up on stories. We were told about the famine, about the theft of land, about the persecution of Irish Catholics in Ireland. Look, I can only imagine the um, cauldron of feelings that would be going on for many First Nations people in Australia and elsewhere that this um, British Empire has colonised. I don't actually want to speak about the monarchy so much as the example the last couple of weeks have been giving us as a demonstration on the enormous power of the media. And look, the last 10, 15, 20 years really, there's been a lot of focus on how mainstream media is under threat, how the rivers of gold in advertising, the advertising that funded traditional media, had almost dried up as a result of new media entrants like Google and Facebook, etc., Certainly that's true. There has been a big readjustment underway in the media industry, no doubt about it. But those changes should not blind any of us to the enormous power that continues to reside in the media industry. And it certainly shouldn't blind us to why it matters enormously how that power is used. For instance, let's look at the last two weeks of coverage and the bias within that coverage The only person I have heard offering a divergent story to the she was an amazing woman who did her duty for over 70 years was, of course, on SBS. And he was a resident of Brixton who said the world appeared to be in the grip of amnesia, forgetting the violence of British colonisation and that, you know, frankly, the Queen has done very little uh, for those living in poverty in her own country. But you would be forgiven for by looking at the media in Australia for thinking all Australians are monarchists. All of us are broken by the death of the Queen. And this is just not true. The percentage of Australians that want to remain within the monarchy shifts around between 50 to 60%. So around just under half the population is not committed to the monarchy. That is certainly not reflected in the media offerings or the frame of those offerings. But the power of the media to shape and drive not only national conversations but also policy is best seen when we look at the pandemic story and how the media have supported differing differing political positions on its telling and coverage. More than 3,000 Australians have died with COVID in aged care facilities this year, triple the number of deaths in nursing homes during the first two years of the pandemic. An analysis of the federal health data shows that while COVID-related deaths in aged care began to soar with the arrival of Omicron and the removal of restrictions within the community, they have increased by 36% since the election of the Albanese government in May. 
In fact, an average of 102 people with COVID are dying every week since the election day, and that compares to a weekly average of 75 under the coalition for the first five months of this year. Independent MP Rebecca Sharkey has said in 2020, this would have been on the front page every day. It also would have been a question in question time every day. I think we all have a role to play in making sure we're held to account for this. Look, you remember when we had daily press conferences that would give us all a daily update, medical directives, a sense that we were dealing with this pandemic as a community? Well, not anymore. The daily conferences are long gone, along with the consistent medical advice and the idea that we were dealing with this as a community. This is a political decision, but it is also a media decision. And it's one that does not serve us at all well, as reflected in the spiralling numbers of fatalities this year. The Australian media landscape is one of the most concentrated media industries in the world. We've never been much good at holding the mainstream media to account for their news decisions. And this is why newly elected Zoe Daniels' push for a Royal Commission-style inquiry into media ownership in Australia is so necessary and, frankly, so timely. <laughs> 